Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the washing machine queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Gwen at Best I Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Each week we spill tea. I mean, each week's tea is spilled in our group <laughs> chat. And each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky. I'm Glenn at Bed Star Brat. I'm Shade at You Had One Job at Black Girls Texting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. I don't know why that intro is so difficult. <laughs> A year in... <laughs> Oh well, we're back. It's we're been back. a while. It's we're good back. to be back. Like I know. Crack. Like cook crack. Crack. <laughs> so how was everyone's weekend and Ooh. life since we last chatted on the air? Taboo. I'm really sad we didn't have our live show, so sorry if you signed up for that and could not actually attend. It was not our fault. That's all I'll say. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> that. that. Leave it at that. But um, my weekend was great. It was Memorial Weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love a good long weekend. Mm-hmm. And I took today off, too. Today's Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> she extended that. I'm sick. Oh, <laughs> she real bold. <laughs> they ain't listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. Um, Yeah, my weekend was amazing. I feel like we all did stuff, so maybe we just, like dive into our our travels yeah our travels i got sick as you can tell i don't know what this is i don't know whatever i'm just oh taking... i just thought that was your voice and i was like as you can tell you always sound you be sounding. raspy <laughs> really no raspy. but i feel like i sound like hella raspy mm-hmm. how about that but well, oh, what because okay. what was you doing being messy second Girl, day oh. no no i don't do that um <laughs> It was... I do. I don't know. It was just maybe, like, drinking so much and, like, not sleeping as much. Slash, like, I played beer pong with, like, a family of, like, 30-plus people. So, I don't know. (laughs) Like, could have been that. But, you know, she's got her natural remedies on deck. So, (laughs) Wait, you went to L.A., right? I did go to L.A. And you also got into an accident, I did get into a car accident, but I'm fine. Thank God. Yes. Um, so I took my, my baby blue, my car's name is Blue Ivy. I took my baby oh my Blue God. Ivy to BMW today <laughs> for her to get fixed up. So wait, so, they can fix her? Yeah. She just, I just need a new door. Oh, true. You guys, go listen to the Privilege episode. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I have insurance. <laughs> I took my car to BMW, which is which is a privilege. But I also have insurance. Like I'm not just paying for all of this. Progressive is coming through. You dead got hit by a truck. I did get hit by a truck. That shit was crazy. But it wasn't like fast. We were in a roundabout. Roundabouts are really confusing, and this particular one is super confusing because it's a roundabout that's not just taking you to the street. It's taking you onto like freeways. So you can imagine. That it's kind of aggressive. And yeah, but we're fine. Everything's good. I believe everything happens for a reason. So maybe I just was not supposed to drive to LA. And mm. I was 
luckily only an hour away from my place so i just drove my car back home and my friend's fam my friend was driving the car so my friend's family was really kind and got us flights so yeah cool be cute. I mean, nice. cool that you're alive. Not cool that there was. The <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, dead ass. That very, was very, very scary. lucky. It it was scary, but then and it was crazy because then after we had to like rush home to get a flight. So then I was like driving so fast with no window. It was just like this is insane. Oh but God, all is well. All is well. Um, I guess since I'm already starting, I'll talk about my weekend. I went down to L.A um and had a really exciting meeting with a really exciting company that we're gonna be collaborating with yeah i'm really (laughs) pumped to share with you guys summer 19 is gonna be looking real cute um and then i just you know post meeting i was like okay well now i'm in la so let's have some fun wow i am gonna sound really privileged whatever i i am um my friend was like let's go to rodeo and i was like yeah <laughs> oh lord and i bought a bag but i had been i'd been wanting a bag for a while wait what was, bag did you buy i got um i got like a little dior um oh, belt bag. Okay. i saw it yeah yeah Cute. um and i had wanted it for a while so i was like you know what i'm gonna get it so i did that and then you know, we had like cute little brunches and dinners. I was with these other girls, and since I didn't have my car, we just like rented a car for a day. So we got a drop top Mustang. Drop top in the rain. That shit was so fun. We like drove the drop top down to Malibu, um, went to Nobu. It was just like we were just like fuck it, like let's just like be bougie. I was like I survived. <laughs> I, survived. <laughs> I deserve. I, I survived. <laughs> yeah. So we just like went all um, out and just had a really fun weekend. Did you set a budget was- though? No, I didn't. I just was like, fuck it. Fuck um, it. And I'll figure it out later. So I did not budget this particular trip. But this particular trip was very like last minute, kind of on a whim. None of my plans were in place. So we just were like, whatever. Um, but I was staying at my friend's place. And she's like more in the valley. So we were a little bit far from L.A., but it was nice because, like, um, her family's so, so sweet. So every morning I would wake up and there would be, like, Indian breakfast, Indian lunch, love Indian that. dinner. And I love Indian food. So I was living my best life. And I really Shade like her Shah. family. Shade Shah. Um, I really love her family. So <laughs> it was cool because we were just vibing out. I learned a lot of culturally significant things, you know. I always love to learn. Like mm-hmm. what? Um... So we watched this movie about the conflict between India and Pakistan, like mm. when they like separated. And at one point, like there was an East Pakistan, which is now modern day Bangladesh. Mm. And like there were these there is this whole like conflict of like. Why was India in between like two Pakistans and the movie was all about this spy who like infiltrated into Pakistan into this like army family. It was really good. Um, So, yeah, it was cool. And. Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm back in the Bay. Oh, I went to a party in the Bay. It was an Afro Soka party. And the I party my whole cute. That is also probably why lit. I have no voice because um, I was screaming. Because, you know, once they put on the Movado, I was like, ah, 
lot. <laughs> so I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm low-key Jamaican. Um, so I got my life and was just being messy and dancing and having fun. My knee definitely hurts. I'm an old woman. <laughs> and I actually go back to L.A. on Friday. So I'm just trying to, like, get my life together for three days and then head back out. So, yeah. Damn, uh- LA trip again. Mm-hmm. She's on, she's on the go. A little jet set back. The New York to to you hoes, right? <laughs> That's cool. Chelsea, what were you doing? What were you doing? Nasty little nasty nas. Ew. Why do I always have to sound like a porn star? It's so weird. That um, was creepy. Was yeah. it? Nasty ass. Um, I went to Mexico for the first time. Can you believe it? I've never been Mexico. there. Mexico. Yeah, and it was really fun. I also went on like an all-inclusive resort for the first time, which was also super fun. Um not my normal travel. I'm sorry. What? Privilege? Girl, you could get them on Groupon. Is that privilege? Yeah. I was, I feel like like I feel like <laughs> resorts are like very middle of America. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but she said her resort had the top shelf liquors. So right. that this wasn't just any resort. Let's let's also keep it a buck. This wasn't like she went to fucking Disneyland. <laughs> I really want to go to Disney World. Um, but it was a very nice resort, top shelf liquor, all inclusive. So we were just like drinking and eating the whole time. Um, there was like a really good French restaurant on the resort. Um, I don't know. It was it was great. But besides all the, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, stuff. all the stuff i had a great time with my love Mm. um it was really nice it was nice to get away from the you know the rat race that is new york and just have some time to just like stare at each other and not really do much um yeah so that was fun and we went with some really good friends of ours that you know, where that we're kind of just starting to develop a good relationship with, and I see these people, you know, being like auntie and uncle for my kids, and like so it's two couples or more. No, it was just us and another couple. Oh, cute! I thought you were with like five or six couples. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> no, I was like, girl, I need to know what is that like. No, that's how the trip to Milan was, but right, this one yeah. was just two couples, and you know, my boyfriend helped uh the the female half of the couple uh this is a heterosexual couple um get a job so she like paid for us to get like a couple's massage which was really cool and like hydrotherapy which was hilarious we had to like (laughs) so it was just like all these like different like i guess different water things we had to go through so first we like went through a sauna which was you know i've done that then we did then we had to go underwater in an ice bath and then Ooh. like it's like you go through it really fast and then you go in a hot bath yeah which like felt crazy you did the little circuit 
Yeah, it was like a circuit. And then we did like a Mexican bath, which was just like we pull a string on top of us and it dumped like this ice cold water. Girl, you should see my face. No. <laughs> and then we did like a sweat room. And then we did like a, um, it was like you sit, you sit on these like metal things in the pool and it like massaged you really strong. It was really fun and funny. Um, I was laughing the whole time, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, and then the massage was obviously amazing. And it was just good. It was good. Like, it's always nice, too, when you go on a trip and everything's smooth. Like, there's no flight delays. Uh, the car is right there to pick you up when you, you know, exit from the airport. Like, everything was smooth, seamless. It was the yes. perfect weekend. Oh, girl, that sounds like a dream. Yeah. I love it. Um, How about you, Glenny? I was here. Um, I actually got a chance to be a little barbatch for a friend of the podcast, Ashley, aka Young Moisture, an amazing Ooh-hoo. DJ. She DJs our events for us sometimes when we do our live shows. Um, mm-hmm. You know the ecosystem. So she was throwing an event, and I came through to bartend for her. It was called Cush and Cold Brew because her and her man, who by the way are just so, so cute. fucking cute. They just smell like mad oils and butters. They're wearing <laughs> mad crystals. Their energy is so warm. They're just beautiful. And they're just like young, enterprising, 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 yep, enterprising. black <laughs> couple out here with like similar passions. So their party is like inspired by their love for marijuana and cold brew. So they had all these different like vendors. One of them was this coffee shop that made some bomb ass fucking cookies and they made a um, like a <laughs> CBD infused cold brew, and then there were just all these other like little stations. This one dude that made edibles. This other guy who I met, y'all, I was dead. He comes to me at the end, and he just like looked into my whole soul. He was his energy was super intense, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm vending here. Um, I make CBD infused honey." And I was like, word, okay, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, I'm a beekeeper. I'm like, where? You're a beekeeper? Where do you keep your bees? He's like, in Flatbush. I'm like, in Flatbush? (laughs) So if I get stung, I know who to call. Bruh, this man has a a whole bee colony in Flatbush, in a backyard in Flatbush. What? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, how did you learn to do that? He's like, I don't use any gloves. I don't use anything. I just, I just feel the energies of the bees. Is he Jamaican? And I know when to come to them. Probably. Probably. <laughs> this man was like very of the land. You know, it was just a whole thing. It was a whole vibe. They were like, everybody was just, the energy was beautiful. There were older couples in there, like 40s and 50s, rolling up, smoking, all there to like find new products, new weed, CBD products. And, like, at one point, the whole bar got rained out. And I was just like, oh, no. I just got a haircut. I'm too cute. And I just, like, ran inside. And everybody picked up all my bar shit, brought it all inside. Like, they were holding it the fuck down. Damn. It was really fly. It was nice. The energy was beautiful. Like, I hadn't been to a party like that in New York in a while. Where everybody, there was, like, no pretense. Everyone just wanted to, like, talk and get to know each other. It was just such a vibe. Oh my god! I and then love after that, I—I know I'm really happy I did it too. It put me in like really good spirits. And then I took this Uber home afterwards with this amazing fucking man. The first time I ever tipped an Uber. I don't know. Maybe I'm trash. Maybe I'll be tipping Ubers. 
I don't be tipping Ubers like that. But this man comes and picks me up and he's playing like Mad Sinatra, Mad like Ella Fitzgerald. And it was just like after the rain and we had the windows down and we were just like cruising. And we just started going in talking about being from Brooklyn and like just the shit that pisses us off. Like when we take the train and people don't move into the center. And like you think that the train is full and it's just because niggas are not going to the center. And he's like, yo, these people, they be making love to the pole. I'm trying to hold on to the pole. This young man got a backpack on. Don't you know you're supposed to take your backpack off when you get on the train? Like we just were going in and just, it was such a New York moment. It was, it was pretty fabulous. It was chill. It was nice. It was just, I I felt like, uh, like a person. For the first time in a while. Say wow. more. Even yeah, though I was on a lot of deadlines. Like, I ignored a lot of work I was supposed to do, and I'm, like, kicking myself for it right now. But it was just like, yeah, go out. Go to this one thing. Take this, like, random-ass cab. Like, you know, I feel like New York moments are so, like, when you have a random conversation and a connection with someone, and it's just like, it only could happen here. Like, as we were getting out of the car, this song, Tenderly, I think it's the Ella Fitzgerald song, came on as I was getting out and I'm like damn like you're leaving me when my song is coming on and then as I step out the cab he's like let me let you hear it and then he turns it up and he's like waiting for me as I open my door and the music is just playing down the whole street it was so beautiful it was such a moment that is super cute it was so cute which is so nice um and then after that I just bopped around I met up with some friends Fucking, I, I texted Shade this Laquan Smith like came the designer came over to my friend's house and we were all just like turning up, went out to a couple spots in Brooklyn to see this like live Puerto Rican DJ duo, which is cool because I'm about to go to Puerto Rico in a couple days. So like put me in the mindset. Yeah, it was fire. That's awesome. So you meet any shorties? Girl, <laughs> not a one. No? Nobody. Nobody. Is it that that you didn't see anybody or you're just not like putting yourself out there? Girl, I was looking, I was looking and I was looking cute. So I don't understand. People were talking to me. I was telling somebody, this young man came over to me as I was bartending and he took his hat off. (laughs) You're going to say something. I feel really rude. But it was, you know, it was hot and humid that day. And he just like, (laughs) he was bald and he had like mad condensation on the top of his head. Like yeah, because he had on this little hat. I don't know, but it just like made me feel weird. It was just like an awkward moment. So you curving people because of because cause they had because of condensation. It was just too much. Like I just wasn't feeling it. I just wasn't Dios feeling mio. nobody. What are we gonna do with you? I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm fucked and screwed. I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, but you was bagging up in California though, because that's what I think I need to do. Oh, girl, switch coasts. Your girl Fresh had blood. the international buffet on mm. lock get it because mm. you know that's a great thing about not having a type like i can always find someone that i find attractive i it's, guess it's great <laughs> like wait why do you say i guess like that i don't know yeah what the fuck <laughs> you know something girl <laughs> you know black love Oh, okay. I please because <laughs> the older okay. I get, the, the older I get, the more important it is to me. Is that weird? No, no. I mean I get you. 100%. Like when I was younger, I was like, I didn't give a fuck. White niggas, I love that. Asian, I love. But like the older I get, I'm like, let's keep the black love blackness going. 
But For continue, sure. go on. I agree, and I definitely do see a value in that, but I'm also open to not that. But <laughs> two of the guys I met were black. <laughs> One was Mongolian, fine as fuck. Oof. But that nigga really didn't speak English. Is it bad that I don't so. quite know what that means? It's Mongolian. They like look... they're like Cambodian looking. No, nigga. No, <laughs> aren't Mongolians? Sort Mongolia of like is near China. Eastern... Okay, because I was gonna say something. Yeah, but don't they look darker? No, they're no. very very fair. Um, so they're in like the. Okay, so Caucasian is really from the Caucasus, which is like, think um, Mongolia, um, What's Uzbekistan, that yes. Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, like they look like Asian because there is Chinese there, but then there's also like white from Eastern Russia. Eastern European type Yeah, so they too. look really interesting. And some people actually in Mongolia have these like, green blue eyes it's really really interesting i would see I'm them when i was up mongolian i mean i've seen some chocolatey mongolians though i know where you're getting at. where there's definitely chocolate well i was about to google chocolate mongolians no i think you're thinking of like people from tibet or maybe nepal no no mongolian these people do not look special to me and by that i don't mean that <laughs> Let me let me let me clean that I, up. Oh my I god! I don't mean I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like they look like Asian people. Like I thought you were meant like oh they're like Chinese people with like purple eyes or some shit. Purple eyes what or the blue fuck? eyes. I'm googling. I don't see one blue eyed person. Some of them do. Well, I'm seeing chocolatey looking Mongolian, but I just say that to say there's just we be everywhere. Anyways, now that we sound racist as fuck. Wait, um, no, Google's racist as fuck because I looked up Mongolian and then it goes traditional and then they show people looking a certain way. And then if you go and then like it has suggested like things to click on and it says pretty and they mm. all look mad white. Mm. Well, girl, you know. So Google's more racist than us. That ain't right. Anyways, he was super fine. Like, oh my god, I'm in love. But there's definitely going to be a language barrier there. But you know, I've wait. I've, like, he doesn't speak English. Not very well. <laughs> Where do you meet these? Hasn't people? stopped her before. Like, do you hang out at uh, fucking customs or something? No, he was at a. He was at. So I went to this after hours party in L.A. Actually, it was really cool. It was like just a black door and we were like what the fuck and then like you walk in and then you walk to a back room and then it was the after party and i saw him and i was like oh giving it happening yeah (laughs) i like just i just walked up to him i was like what's up you have a girlfriend you married he was like no i was like great take my number (laughs) (laughs) okay it's like amazing i love it I, I, I love harassing people. It's really just a fun pastime. Even if I get curved, I'm just like, ha, ha, ha. This was fun. Like, why not? Why not? Wow, just go for it. I've, like, number. never been a, been that way. An approacher? Yeah, but I do admire <clears> it. <throat> oh, it's the best. Yeah. I mean, but I like Literally, like I was looking for people that I could approach, and I was just, like, fucking reaching. I was trying it. I went to Lot 45, which... A few friends will say, like, that's where the niggas be at. And there was a plethora. There was a variety. But variety. A variety. But it was just not... It would have been a stretch. It would have been a force. I know. Okay. That's exactly how I felt, Chelsea. I was like, 
I'm not going to meet anybody in nightlife. Like, I need to start going to fucking talks. This is what yeah. I told myself before. I need to go to some damn talks. I go actually to need talk. to start going go to, to fucking gallery. universities. Little fucking talks at Columbia and NYU and shit. Okay, Whenever you might they... be too old for that. Great. No, the grad, the grad program. Okay, yeah. Grad program, grad talks, film talks. Mm-hmm. That's what I need to do. Although I feel like I can't date an artist. So I don't fucking know what I'm going to do. It's, it's just like might be a lost cause. I'm Wait, why can't you date sure. an artist? Um, it's just too much. I don't know. I had this whole talk with my mom last night. I went to this barbecue um, around my way. And one of our friends is graduating from high school right now, about to go to college. And she's a, I guess, Generation Y or Centennial. She's like the Yara Shahidi mm-hmm. generation, who I think they've just mastered it all. And I really wish I was in their generation because our <laughs> shit is just all fucked up. Like, I think we all want to be artists and like don't want to work for anybody. And it's amazing, but it's just kind of saturated or something. So we like, can fuck up. Fuck that. Our generation is killing it. Are you crazy? Um, you need to go back and do your research. I think we have all of the like. I don't know. We have to, like, we use social media in, like, the dangerous ways, I kind of feel. But although the younger people are, what? too, I don't fucking know. Well, we actually is, know what it is to live without social media. That they is true. can't put a fucking cell phone yeah, down. I was about to say, what do you think they're doing? I don't they're know. bugging. Our generation like is the best. They have those, those very, like, forward-thinking, progressive minds that are, like, and actually so going to change the world. I feel. Hmm. Like, they got, like, the tail end of our shit. Our generation created the, social media. Right. So that's what makes it more intense. Like, they're, I think they're able to use it to, like, mobilize. Anyway, I said that to say, like, every person that I met when I went out this weekend was like, yeah, I do this, I do that, uh, And it just felt like, for one, some of it felt fraudulent, and then it just felt like we're just all very focused on, like, the thing that we're trying to do for ourselves, that we're just not prioritizing, like, partnership right now at all. Mm, so, that's interesting. I don't know, like, I... Yeah. Partnership, like, relationships? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. You know, like, we're just on this very, like, independent grind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're living as if a lot... We don't have the same kind of things set up to be, quote-unquote, like, adult. Like, the meaning of adulthood for people our age right now is so different. And I feel often, like, enabled by the fact that, like, half of my friends, maybe, like, 80% of my friends that are my age are like nickel and diming and having like random jobs Mm -hmm. living with like seven people and i don't know if that's like okay or it's just become the new normal or whatever but like i can't also date a person like that because i feel like i maybe need to have like a little wake-up call i don't fucking know why don't you just have the wake-up call for yourself yes no i mean i i mean i'm speaking i think as a person that's realizing that i need to like actually i don't feel like i need to do anything quite yet because i'm still trying to figure my shit out but I don't know. It would be nice to have somebody that was, like, a little bit more secure in their thing. Yeah. Unless actually, they were, like, driven in a real-ass way. Hmm. Right. And we could, like, hustle together. Which I have yet to find. Well, I I have a question for you. Would you be okay with, like... Like, are you okay slash attracted to someone who has, like, a plan and is doing it? Or do you want to see the plan already... Like coming into fruition no i think yeah question. yeah i agree i like that question too i think um if they have a plan i just need to meet somebody that has a goddamn plan Damn. i would just love that there's niggas with plans please yeah, show yourself hi show yourselves i'm at this fine ass boy i might just have to give you the alley-oop 
Girl, pass. He lives pass. in Boston, though. But, like, he's always traveling. He's very handsome. Boston ain't too far away. Yeah, he's very handsome. And, like, my one vice was he's, like, a little bit shorter than me. So I was like, hmm. But he's so good looking and very, oh. like, artistic. <laughs> um, he works in marketing, but, like, very stylish. And he's from Senegal. Just <gasps> super chocolatey. Oh, this mm. is getting me excited. I know. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I got How you. How do we do this? How do we pass, pass, pass him? I'm just going to be like, I think you should meet my friend. <laughs> please do it. Oh, my like, God. Please. Very, I'm excited. I feel like I'm literally 14 yeah. again. Because I was honestly about to, like, put in work on that. But look at that. Asking you shall receive. <laughs> so do that now. I can send you a selection of approved images. <laughs> <laughs> to send along. To send along. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Wait, i I'm like Googling and it says the United States birth rate fell for the for a fourth consecutive year in 2018, mm. bringing the number of people born in the country to its lowest level in 32 years, according to provisional figures published published on Wednesday by federal government. Girl, yo, yeah, it said the fertility know, rate has dropped a record low. The fertility rate or like, yeah. oh, shit, I think I think. I think that just means the amount of people having kids. I don't think that means the amount of people who's who are fertile. Able. Yeah. yeah, I was like, what? Okay, because I'm like, because now I'm thinking Handmaid's Tale, but no fact. <laughs> you know, I work at a school, and they were saying like the enrollment rate has dropped a lot lower because people are having less kids. Oh, maybe they'll let some black kids in then. I mean, yeah, oh. that was the whole oh. conversation as well too. Good. It's just very awkward. And I hope they hear me. Y'all know who I am. Oh my God, I'm dead. Shots fired Working in, in a the place best way. Like that, it's just very interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Like, so we're doing this whole thing right now where we're putting people in different classes, mixing mm. the classes up, and we code that them. That's interesting. We code them by race, by like if they have like what their family structure is, if they mm-hmm. have have a homosexual or heterosexual parents and Wait, all this shit what yeah and then yeah. we because pl- we you don't want them to be the by themselves them. like you don't want them to be the only kid in the class with two dads oh but i wonder Some like affinity yeah also, who, affinity, who's doing all that riffraff in the background not to oh, sorry that might be me because i was parched i have to get some water oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> like i think that that i've been debating with people about this like i think that that's good but then at the same time like there's been black kids put in my class for sure, like strategically, and they don't even fucking talk to each other, slash, don't even like each other, don't even connect, don't Facts. even see each other. Facts. Have beef. So, like, Ooh. I don't. <laughs> beef. Actually, have beef. Six year old beef. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, I do think the affinity is important, but I don't know the answer. But who knows? Who knows how crazy it would be to just be the only, though? 100%. Versus even having that girl in there that you don't fuck with. But at least you kind of look like But she's there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I think so, ultimately. This is interesting. I'm really curious to see how this next, like, yeah, the age of the kids that you're working with is going to grow up because, like, Fucking I just... spoiled. I just... <laughs> but smart. I just did my mm-hmm. um, compliance training for work and, like, I had to watch, like, an like, usually the sexual harassment video is maybe, like, an hour. This shit was almost, like, two fucking hours. And it was on, like, not just sexual harassment, but just, like, overall, like, appropriateness in the office. And it was really digging into, like, trans identity, uh, oh. gender identity, um, what's appropriate to say to, like, a, a male or a woman in the office, like, sexual 
statements Conduct. and action. Yeah, and I was like, damn. Like, but I mean, I it, it was annoying, but I was like, this is really important because like maybe I'm aware of these things and I don't even know everything, but like it's good that some people who may not even be thinking about this are like, oh, wow, I shouldn't be yeah, this way. for sure. And I I'm going to say something. The youth them are doing that. Go ahead and say, say it. That's going to get me crucified. But this is my podcast. Okay. It's oh. yours too, but I was like, also oh. mine. Don't. And I am not associated <laughs> with the words that come out of Chelsea Rojas' mouth. <laughs> I'm just, I just kind of feel like we are kind of in an age, though, where it's, it's sometimes too much, like too much sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes I think it uh, stifles productivity. If that makes sense. Because people are like just tiptoeing around each other. You're say, can you expound upon that? Because you're tiptoeing. But I can also reflect after saying that statement and also say how shitty it feels when people are not thoughtful and like uh-huh. say whatever the fuck they think. But like, I don't know. We need to figure out a balance. Because I know. like, for instance, today I was at Babeland. Uh, you know, I'm, I am considering getting She's nasty. My- <laughs> No, no, no. Actually, I went like not too long ago because wait, wait, I want to. You're considering what? I want to get one of my friends a gift. Who? Oh, I was just gonna say get your shit. Or right, same. <laughs> I was like, what? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> oh, Glenn, mute yourself, please. Nobody's trying to hear that. Oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> I'll wait. Thank you. Um. So, ooh, I like this. Oh, the sound. She has the floor. anyways so it's okay we can listen to the sounds of new york city but anyway so i went to babeland which is a sex store sex toy store in the city i don't know where else they have it but um so the person that was helping me was i am going to go out there and assume that this person was a trans person and to me the person was a trans person a trans woman of course, I'm assuming, like, I don't know for sure. Like, I didn't ask uh, them. But anyways, I found myself say she, uh, she, like, I was like, oh, she told me, referring to this person. And then I, like, felt all this, like, rush of guilt because I was like, I, didn't, I wasn't sure. I don't know. It was just so complicated. And I was like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, it was I very get it. complicated. And and also I also want to acknowledge that like I want that same respect. So like I understand that it should be given to everyone, but like it just it, it was just so hard for me to even ask for what the fuck I wanted to ask for because I was just so confused on how to communicate properly and respectfully and you know without crossing boundaries, I guess. I mean, I guess that's why people have name tags that have their pronouns on it and stuff. But then does that become... Yeah, I don't, that know, I don't think that helpful. becomes too much. It's like, it's your preference. I kind yeah. of, I'm not opposed to people just going by they, them, like across the board. Like everyone, right? Everybody. It kind of just makes a lot more easier. sense. And then you just, it, it like lets you be an entity like they, like I'm a whole dynamic being. Or like mm-hmm. if you really strongly identify with being she him whatever then you can like say that yeah or i don't know sometimes when i get into situations like that i just try to refer to everybody by their name and try to remember everyone's name and just say the name non-stop right just keep saying sally said this oh sal like i don't know would you all do like a gender reveal party 
no, that's me neither. Extra, not <laughs> on Real Housewives. <laughs> I don't understand it. <laughs> so, to a lot of what you were saying, I think it's a really interesting conversation because I've been doing a lot of research for our guest. So I've been listening to a, a, a lot on this oh, subject okay, research. in the past couple of hours um and i'm actually very nervous to be honest i feel like i'm gonna fuck up <laughs> and i guess well, that's the energy that you're talking about people but here's feel. the thing yeah. i think it's two things i think that one of the things is being comfortable feeling comfortable to ask questions which i know like a lot of black people themselves get frustrated when they're like oh well you can do the research and it's mm-hmm. like well then we can do the same thing when it comes to gender identity right um i'm a black person that would say ask me whatever the fuck you want to ask me like don't be fucking crazy but like if you like t- this weekend i was with a bunch of indians they did not understand how my hair was braided into my head they really just didn't get it Ooh, and i, I was like deal with that yeah and i was like yeah, that would okay. blow mine i would that, like y'all come on this 2019 I, I didn't give a shit and i was like hey they take these extensions, they like attach it into my okay, hair. Okay, but that's and different like, to me. Because how many, there are so, like, half the fucking world is black, probably more. Mm. I just, it just feels like maybe, I don't know, I was gonna say that common sense, but maybe yeah. it's not. But it's also, not. I'm just like, why are you so fascinated? It's just so funny to me. It's, I mean, it's so more funny, funny than frustrating at this point. I had, I had questions for them that they might have thought were really ignorant, too. So like I what? had to look at it on yeah, both like sides. Yeah, like, what were your questions? I couldn't understand, like, certain things for them, like, religiously or, like, their beliefs in terms of, like, conflict about history that you would be like, why doesn't everybody know this? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and I guess that's... That's that, nuanced in a complex conversation, not, like... How does your hair? But for like, them, like that's so embedded in their culture that it's like, how do you not know about this beef that we have? Like mm. that's something that they think about all day, every day. So <sighs> yeah, but like, do they know about the history of the African diaspora? Like, I feel like that's different. I I feel like that. I don't know. I feel like those are equatable. Mind you, I wasn't talking to teenagers. I was talking to like an eight-year-old Indian woman. <laughs> oh well, that is fine. Kind of. Mm. An older lady, I would find that like very charming. I mean, I would answer her because I was taught to respect my elders, but I would also be like, you're still mad. But how is that any different than you not knowing certain things about the trans experience? Okay, I'll tell you why. Because I've literally only known or interacted with or known of probably one trans person who was was my friend who we had on the show. Mm Mm-hmm. Who, because of that person, I am, you know, very careful and it and so careful to the point where it, it makes me nervous and brings upon anxiety. Um, but but these people don't have black friends. They might engage with black people, but, you've but it's seen not like braids. they sit on YouTube and they understand how a braid is then braided into your hair. Okay, like, but black people are not the only people that braid their hair. But I Have guess they with never had French But get box braids, like to get the braid. At, they were like, you came here in September with really short hair, and like we know this is not your hair, but how did it get into your head? Okay, maybe an eighty-year-old woman not knowing what a, a hair extension is, because maybe that's a new hair technology. But I'm sorry, someone our age not understanding about a hair extension—that's that's like pure ignorance to me. I don't understand it. And is it crucial that they even? 
know the answer to that. I mean, I guess it's, it's just fucking curiosity. But it's I'm just, just like curiosity. some of these things. I just I'm not. I don't. But don't you I don't have wonder. questions for like trans people that? Yeah, but it's like, not about like how to get your hair like that. Like yeah, that. like I don't care about I don't oh, care. when you wake up. Uh, what you know? How do you do your hair, or how do you put on your makeup to look like? I don't. I'm not asking those sorts of questions. And if I'm that curious, I know how to Google or do my research. Like you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think mine comes more from I just don't want to disrespect you, mm-hmm. right? By saying the wrong thing, it's not like oh, so as a trans person, like it's it's not so surface like about. Well, I feel like how they the, look. then there's a fine line because everyone's gonna have a different opinion about it. And like for me, as a if, if you're talking to me and I'm the black person that you're using as your reference, you might have a problem talking to other black people who might feel the way you and Glenn do because they're gonna be like, "Oh shit, I did not know that this was problematic." So it, it it's really like necessarily even sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying like so it really is like always going to be a case-by-case basis which is why i feel like people go to the extreme of just being like all right i'm gonna tiptoe around this conversation right yeah i don't know what's going to be offensive and then something that was brought up in a lot of the conversations that i was doing and research on terms of like gender identity is that you should like feeling uncomfortable is a privilege it's a Mm -hmm. place of privilege Mm. because this person is constantly probably in a state of discomfort when it comes to their identity and that could Mm. be as trans black female whatever so like the learning process comes in the discomfort but for me I can fully acknowledge that the learning process comes in the discomfort but in my opinion the next step is being able to have the space to ask the questions like for sure I'm here I'm in your home I'm a black person if you want to ask me about my hair I really don't give a shit I'm not it doesn't make you uncomfortable yeah I don't think you have to then go to google and google like how like i'm right in front of your fucking face just ask me the question and i'm gonna ask you uncomfortable questions too like we had really interesting conversations and it was just because we were both willing to just ask the question i don't know maybe it's also because if it's coming from another minority like i've had some really great conversations with like I'll never forget talking to one of my Korean friends. We talked about like the concept of model minorities and mm-hmm. just like all this shit that I had never heard of at the time. And it was super open. It was amazing. And it felt, yeah. I felt safe in that conversation. And in others, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This makes me think about the guest that we're going to have soon. She did this. This is Erica Hart. Actually, yeah. this, this episode is going to come out in time um, that you guys can RSVP for the event, which is going to be on June 3rd. And um, she's a, like a non-binary sex educator, if you don't know who she is. Yes, she's she's bomb. Mm-hmm. And she, she did this thread about like this discomfort she feels when white people give her compliments. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think, I don't know. I, I feel like I 100% understand that. It's so Wait, crazy. Speak more on that. I don't know. Like, even like I just got my hair cut, and oh, it's I'm sure changing. Everyone was commenting. Yes, and like, and it's been changing every single day. I'm doing something different with it, and I have anxiety before I go into my place of work because I know somebody's going to make a comment about it. Mm. And even if it's a nice one, I don't know why. It just makes me feel awkward. I'm like, you're why you're like looking at me. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Has have you guys ever felt that way before? For sure. And I think there is something, um, I don't know if this makes sense, but I think there's something 
deep with that too like jay-z i watched this interview where he was like how people in the hood like sometimes a fight might start just by them being like yo what the fuck you looking at Mm. and it's like that feeling of like not necessarily used to being seen all the time and then you're in this space where like you're always i don't know if that's related but kind of is because um i totally agree like when i'm in spaces like very white spaces and i feel like they're noticing every fucking thing about me i'm like yo why are y'all fucking like nitpicking or like just like looking at every detail of my being like i know it just makes me feel really uncomfortable but i don't know i could talk to molly and susan and be like oh you just gotta cut right and i guess maybe the flip side of that is like feeling like oh they really just checking me out yeah like like, they fucking bomb it's that right or but it's not just a compliment i feel like it's like they're also like waiting for you to say something else for like offer information Mm, that is facts like i don't know yeah or like waiting for a conversation to ensue where they can where they can ask questions. Right. So is it really a compliment? Yeah. But Damn. I mean that's another thing. Maybe they just want to have the conversation. And I don't know. I just can't. I'm there's, just too stressed. There's a lot of levels to that. Yeah. There's so like, many levels. It just makes and me it stressed. is true. It is true that it would be nice that we could just have, you know, unfolded conversations with each other. But also, but also. But also, I feel like another problem that I have with these situations as someone who came from like a very like, you know, in school studying like uh, like qualitative or quantitative studies and like numbers and stuff like that. I also don't like being representing my whole race. Mm-hmm. Like you asking me a question about how I do my braids, I feel like is not a definitive answer, if that makes sense. Like, the way how I do my hair is not how every black girl does their hair. Like, we're all so fucking different. So I'm kind of like, all right, you can ask me, but, like, just understand that my answer does not represent my entire race. This is my answer. So don't take this answer and then, you know, shower it on everyone else that looks like me. That's true, too. I don't know, girl. This makes me... I think that we're just living in a constant state of, like, just being on edge because of the stuff that you were saying earlier and it literally just is starting to just drive me a little crazy like i don't want to talk about this shit anymore and this is why people go to fucking hbcus shit we were talking about before like it's just exhausting i'm tired like like, be right be away from people i feel (laughs) like that is not the reality unfortunately like yes that's a nice you know oasis a nice utopia but it's not your every day and like what's wrong with I don't know I'm probably gonna sound really annoying we're probably like the opposite ends of the spectrum and people gonna come for us but it's like what's wrong with that discomfort on both sides what's wrong with feeling just uncomfortable of asking something where you're like ooh, like I don't know if I can ask this or I don't know how this is really gonna go and on the receiving end of okay I'm this is not ideal but I understand that this is new and we're never gonna get anywhere if we're both just fucking like keeping our mouth shut and staying in our own little comfortable enclaves and like you know what's wrong with it though okay go sorry no I'm saying there are levels of that privilege right because Mm -hmm. There are people who their experiences have constantly 
been taught to us that we commonly mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And then there are people whose experiences that we don't know. So yeah, those people on the more marginalized end of things are going to feel very, very uncomfortable for a very long time. And I have no idea what that experience is like, but I'll say as a marginalized individual being a black female that I would prefer to have the conversation engage in the dialogue and move forward and Mm -hmm. if you know I'm not getting anywhere with that person or that person asks me something that's just like so incredibly in my opinion ignorant then I'm like all right like I gave you a chance and I'm not here for you and kind of that's the end of it case closed but I'm not gonna just not have the conversation that's my opinion no I think you're right and that that's the way that we need to get that's what we need to get to, I guess. Uh, I mean, if that's not how you feel, I'm that's not so how you tired. feel. I'm tired. It just like makes me, it's, gives me anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I and recognize what you're saying. That, but why, but why you does it give you anxiety? State? I don't know. I, I, I've thought about this before in the show. Like, I don't know how I got here, but I mean, I guess I know. It's just been some conversations and experiences I've had that just make me just get really fucking tense. Like, like, uh, like I, I'm anxious right now. Like, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> right now. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about, think like, where we started with this, this shit where we're putting the kids in these different classes and stuff, right? So yeah, I'm like, how did we get here? Yeah, <laughs> there's, like, six black kindergartners at the school, and all the moms want the girls to stay together and move all together to the next grade. Oh, ew, ew, ew. You don't like that? No. Why? Wait, wait, six black? Six black. Okay, I like that. I thought you meant six white. Oh, no. That doesn't oh, make I was sense. like, Chelsea, why? My bad. But go then, on, like, go some on, people girl. are sitting, yeah, like, so I was talking to this other mom who was like, I think it's great. Like, the, the kids are going to love it. They're, they might even not even realize exactly what's happening, but they're just going to be comfortable, and, like, that's fine. And then some people were like, well, and I even I wondered this myself. Like, I liked that, that they would all be together, but, like, should they be with other kids? Like, should they be dispersed amongst classes so that everyone has a chance to engage with one another and, like, some uh, white kid in another class? And then this girl, this woman was like, they're not here to serve white exactly. people. <laughs> tools. Yeah, and <laughs> just because they're just, they're around those white kids doesn't mean that the kid is suddenly not going to be, have prejudice or be racist just because they're sitting next to a, a black kid in class. And to be honest, sadly, because I've also worked as a teacher, a lot of the prejudice that we um, learn and like we're not born with, obviously, it still spills over because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the parents are choosing who their kids have playdates with. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if your kid is in a class with some black girl. Are you bringing that black girl to your house on the weekends? True. Like that's a big part of it too. Are you, you know, showing them that, you know, Cindy's mom and and Jamila's mom can be friends. No, you don't see that. Like it's it's so I don't know. But the, can that be cultivated by them being in the class together versus not at all? I don't know. I, I honestly, honestly don't think so. I think a lot of friendships really develop and solidify themselves outside of school. Yeah, that's facts. I think that's everyone's fucked until they're like twenty two out of college and like start to figure shit out on their own. I think so too. Like, I think so. I think college is so important. Like y- although it may not be necessary for what you're gonna do in life, it's a good time to just like experience the world on your own. Yeah. You know, in like a in a you know, yeah. Ugh, I'm stressed. Can somebody talk about 
niggas or something for like the, the last <laughs> few minutes? Well, I'll kind of get into like some of the conversations that I was having. Um, I was learning a lot about the conflict between Indians and Muslims. Well, okay, Hindus and Muslims. Yeah, I was like, what? Um, sorry. <laughs> um, and like where that stems from and because we watched that movie on Pakistan and there's still like a lot of Indians feel really strongly about Pakistan and vice versa and therefore there's a lot of conflict religiously as well is Pakistan are we saying that Pakistan is mainly Muslim and India is mainly Hindu yeah um and specifically between Hindus and Muslims whether this be in Pakistan or in India there's a still a lot of discomfort in like intermingling Mm. meaning that a hindu should not marry a muslim and vice versa and my friend and i were just like well why do you guys care still like it's so old like this conflict was so long ago like did anyone of like muslim descent like do something to you directly and it was like no, but the history behind it. I and I understand that. I know. And I had to take a second because I was just like, I feel like that's so limited thinking. But then I was like, wow, my grandpa really don't like white people because <laughs> of the history behind it. Right. You know, like, and, you know, uh, white people have done things to him. And there's more, there's more, there's levels to it, obviously, because it's not just about like someone being disrespectful and like calling you the N word or calling you a derogatory term. It's like institutionalized, right? Right. But, I don't know. It was just really, really interesting to learn more and more about that and how nuanced everything is and how everyone has their own issues, like with even within their own like subcultures. And I don't know. I was very fascinated. I have and a question. I, mm-hmm. And this might get me in trouble, but I'm always going to be honest. Aren't Muslims the ones that are like mainly persecuted against, though? Um, I can't say. I don't really know. But there has been a lot of like Muslim persecution, and their their current president, who just got reelected, did really run like a very Trump esque campaign that was very like pro Hinduism, and a lot of people latched onto that. Because I just feel like it is different for your grandpa, who is a black man to feel a way about maybe his granddaughter marrying a white man mm-hmm. versus a white man feeling a way about his granddaughter marrying a black man. Does that because make sense? Because of, like, the levels of privilege or, like... Because black people didn't do nothing power. to him. Yeah, yeah, black people didn't do yeah. anything to I mean, white grandpa. So yeah. it's different. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know enough to say, but it just made me think about, like, no one has explicitly done something to you. That comment of, like, no one has explicitly done something to you. Like, why do you still hold a grudge? Mm-hmm. So, so I don't know. It was really interesting. But then um, I thought of this to think about, like, how that passes down generationally, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the kids were like, well, yeah, like, I would, I would not marry a Muslim. And I was just like... Mm. And they couldn't, were they able to say why? Because they just didn't want to have conflict within their family. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then also. So then if they're, if the older people in their family, when they're gone, then will they do the same thing to their kids and tell their kids not to marry a Muslim? I think it'll kind of depend on. It'll depend because some also don't want to necessarily convert and are very like passionate about bringing their family up in within the hindu religion versus being muslim and converting Mm -hmm. so i was like hmm there's fucking levels to this shit yeah 
But anyways. This shit is heavy, y'all. Wait, Glenn, mm-hmm. going back to the kids. So the kids, all the black girls are going to be in the same class, right? Yeah, presumably. And I would want my girls has my that children and that shit. I think I mean I think I think the school probably feels like they're in a position that, where they can't say no. Mm. How can you? That's a kind of not funny. <laughs> but the thing about like the the way conversations are going right now, I feel like not in all situations, but we can pull rank sometimes. Like those black moms right now could pull rank and be like, "You can't say shit to me. We yeah. got black daughters. You don't fucking know what that's like." And the, but it's the about the only time to they step can the, the fuck back. Yeah, it doesn't happen in a lot of other situations. But granted, this is this privileged ass school where the people are like tiptoeing around and trying to be like super deliberate about doing the right thing, mm-hmm. where they can fucking pull rank. I don't know. I wish all these children the goddamn best. I <laughs> truly do. Yeah. Will we even make it to 2025? I'm not sure. Again, the end <laughs> of days. The world's gonna the end. end of days. It's the end of days. It's gonna combust on it onto itself. It's over. Yo, side note: Have you guys seen Chernobyl? No. What is it about? Like some kind of a famine or disease or some shit? No. Nope, I'll give you the rundown. So, no, Chernobyl, on- like in the Ukraine. No, but this is a it's, show or something. It's a show. But, but it talks it's about based that, right? on the Yeah. So, uh, so basically Chernobyl was um, in the north of the Ukrainian SSR in, uh, in a town called Chernobyl <laughs> um, near the city of Pripyat, whatever. You know what part of the world I'm talking about. You know, Russia, that place. Um But anyways, so there was like a nuclear reactor like exploded. And basically, it's just crazy. Like how, first of all, I watched the show not quite knowing how true the story was. Like I knew it was historical fiction. But then after you watch every episode, it's like the directors come on and they speak and they kind of tell you what actually is real and what was, you know, made up. And the things that are real in this show, it's actually sickening and scary to think about Mm. that your government can just fucking lie to you. Mm. Like, basically, you know, this power plant exploded or whatever. It took them days to evacuate people. And even still, they didn't evacuate them far enough. So, like, Mm. you know, thousands of people Mm. ended up dying from cancer. Mm. And, you know, their lifespans cut in half and all this crazy stuff. Babies born with one arm and crazy stuff like that. Um, not to mention the people who were there, like, close up to the um, disaster, like, firefighters and stuff whose skin peeled off, and you just have to watch it. I highly recommend it. It's a limited series on HBO. Um, it's really informative, and I'm it's very good. It. I need to see that. You know, yeah, you two should really things. watch it. The thing, because, you know, I'll be going to YouTube holes. One of the holes I went down this weekend was just watching people drag people in public <laughs> hearings. Or, like, oh, just, yes. that shit is my fucking favorite pastime now. I love just when watching, AOC does it. Yep, Wait. just watching AOC oh, oh, drag yeah. people, watching... Um, Can she become president, do you think? I fucking hope so. She's really fantastic. She's so young. Like, she's not she's that much older than us. Everything. There, and I, I wish I, I, I meant to, like, note some of these names. Because there's, there's, like, some congressman from, like, maybe Minnesota or something. He's gay. Was putting Betsy DeVoe to task. Like, all of these, like, these old-ass people out here. 
damn, what was this woman's last name? Something crazy. I don't remember, like, Bert or something. I don't know. Just talking about, like, how she... Talking about her privilege openly and just, like, just fucking putting these people up on the stake. It really actually puts some hope back in my heart. It's like these are... This is, like, what it means to be, like, of the people for the people. Like, people that are willing to work their asses off for the greater good of this this country of this world it's yeah and they don't get paid that fucking much. beautiful like, exactly and i'm making a lot more just being like an analyst at uh right you know a bank oh yeah like i was watching aoc's whole shit with the people that made truvada um and how like the it's like the like prep for hiv hiv medica- medicine and mm-hmm. how it was funded by the public like our tax dollars to test it to um, the, the, and they the it was tested the shit on out of it people. to brown and black people, and and the this, the people that developed it made like five billion dollars, and it cost like a th- like th- a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month oh, to the have the medication. Mm-hmm. Like what? It was funded by the people. It has like a public patent, and the people have to pay hella bread for the shit. Yeah. Shit is crazy. Shit yeah. is crazy. But um, also on TV quick little switch of gears is anybody watching that program she's gotta have it so my cousin actually messaged me and she was asking me if i saw it but i've been hearing horrible reviews <sighs> like people have been shitting on it people saying how this season was better the season oh. so far is better so you've been watching it oh okay. no i haven't I heard it was it was better than the last for sure but it's still not good there's a couple oh. of good episodes maybe we should do something on this like they did an episode which was fascinating about the shorty Nola Darling wins a um, a grant to go to <laughs> shorty, uh, shorty Nola. Nola. The then the girl introduces herself to to everybody as Nola Darling. That drives me nuts. Hi, I mean, I'm that's Nola a great Darling. name. If that were just my name, fir- I would be walking around like I'm Nola so Darling. Extra, but um, she goes to this artist colony in Martha's Vineyard, and <laughs> they're just all in this little. Pl- it's just the shit is fascinating. And then she like takes one moment and like rides her bike into Oaks Bluff and talks to all these old people that are sitting on their porches about the importance of Martha's Vineyard and shit like that. And it's kind of cute. Like, I feel like they're trying to have so many conversations. Like, the last episode mm. I just watched, they, were, they went to Puerto Rico, and it was this whole thing. There's all this presence of um, of Yoruba in there, Shade. Like, if you thought it was in there last season, it's OD this season. And it's kind of cool to see that, like, Visibility, because I'm sure you want to talk about people not knowing about nothing. White people watching this show are like, why they got all white? There's a whole scene where um, Rosie Perez fills a coconut with some food and puts it on the floor. And it's like just a whole thing. It's fascinating. Like they're really trying to have a lot of conversations, but I think they're just trying to have too many at once. But Mm. um, yeah, a lot of shows do that. Yeah. And it just gets lost. You're just stuffing too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll watch that. Okay. I'd love I, for us I, to I watch a couple episodes of my and programs. See how you guys okay. feel. Okay. Yeah, down. I'm down. Yeah. Uh, only wow. if you watch an episode of Chernobyl. Oh, I will be watching that. <laughs> I'm very interested. Oh, my God. We need to do a Brene Brown episode because Chelsea, I'm obsessed. Oh, oh my God. Isn't she that. great? She's amazing. And at first, I was worried because I was like, okay, here's this white woman like fucking talking to me about yeah. inspirational shit. And the whole time, I'm like, well, you're a white woman. So your life is, you know, it's just easier than mine. And then, you know, and then she she goes into that, too. We'll talk about Brene Brown. Yeah, we got to do a Brene Brown episode. 
This yeah. was a very interesting. Girl, we um, went all kind of places. I feel like these are the best episodes, to be honest. The weird yeah, ones. They're, they're really, really good. I'm excited. I have a task that is to send Glenn the man. Yes. Like, There's something Bitch, I need to I do. I almost send forgot. Send Glenn the man. Girl, I'm yeah. going to send a follow-up to you. Okay, yeah, great. Would you like me to... No, never mind. Okay, I'm not going to get too intense. But send up to, to, today. It could happen tonight. It, when he says, could. like, nah, girl, I was trying to talk to you. Nah, nah. No, I don't think Just it's going to be like curve that. Curve it. Bloop, bloop, bloop. bloop curve bloop, it. Bloop. Yes. Well. When um, I come home, though, you better be ready to hit the streets. Oh, hit them streets. And you bitches better invite me because I can still hit streets. Mm-hmm. You can wing women us out. Yep. But we I gotta go to, to a fucking gallery opening or some shit where people are trying yeah, to talk. Yeah, Glenn, you, you need to meet your man like at an, a museum. A museum or like maybe a... Like Even a, a library. A library. A, um, what's some places where they get fruits? A farmer's, yeah, a farmer's market. market. Yes. A farmer's market. <laughs> There's one by my market. house every Saturday. The one by um, Brooklyn Public Library. That sounds cute. Yeah. Maybe I would love to meet a vendor. If that man that made the honey was not like... Oh, you want literally, a farmer? Like just eating all of the CBD himself. <laughs> he could have maybe done something. You might get stung like. whole time. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Can we take a trip to his bees nest? I was thinking about that. Like that could be cool. There, there were so nah, many interesting. I don't like. like entre- I don't like that shit. Why can I say the word enterprising? Enterprising. 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 Because I'm trying to say entrepreneur. Yeah. So enterprising black people in the marijuana space doing dope ass shit yeah i love that there's stuff to explore there but yeah um Shade, do you have a what would you do glenn do you have a black girl doing shit <laughs> well we actually have an interview with the black girl doing shit so we'll nip and tuck that right at the end yeah um oh, okay <laughs> well somebody doesn't look at the calendar <laughs> <laughs> I already asked my what would you do? What would you do if a bunch of Indians asked you how you braided your hair? No. I mean, I would answer that question. Obviously, you're at their <laughs> damn home, and those are your homies. And it sounded like it was a dope-ass way to exchange. But yes, yeah. if I was in someone's home, I'm obviously going to be respectful. It wouldn't make me feel uncomfortable, though. Okay. okay. See, this is a fair what would you do. I think, <laughs> I think this Sorry. is sufficient. I think that was not. <laughs> God, what do y'all want from me? Oh my goodness! What do y'all want from me? <laughs> All right, let's um, do again. This. If if you do have a, what would you do though? Yes. Feel free to email hello at blackgirlstexting.com. <laughs> Dude, I was thinking punto com in my head. That's like <laughs> when you make calls out of the country. Com. <laughs> or like when you watch commercials. No, dot com. <laughs> no, I know when you're watching like commercials and they'll be like telling you the whole thing. You see, like, <laughs> and you're like, that's go on such international com. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! We also need a trip, preferably somewhere trip now, like mm. Spanish speaking, so I can so I can start flexing my uh, all this slang I'm learning from my telenovelas because now yeah. I got yeah, but then Colombian it would have slang, to be from Mexican that country. Slang. No. Yeah, not every country uses the same slang. I know, but I could just throw it in there and they'd be like, What the fuck are you talking about? Are you about? Colombian? <laughs> are you Mexican? You know. Oh my God. Okay, one thing, one thing, one last thing, because I know we have to run. Um, it was funny. So I ended up going out with a bunch of them and like, they're so fucking Indian. Like, they 
hang out with all Indians. So um, we went to this party. Um, mute them. <laughs> Keep not going. Not me. Not I. It's me. And okay. um, I guess we went to this party of all other Indians. There were like 50 of them. It was so many. And my friends and I got separated and I ended up just being with a couple of their other friends that I didn't know. And they were like, oh, hi, what's your name? Like, who do you know? And then one of these girls who, mind you, looked white to me was like, so like, is it weird being with a bunch of Indians? And I was like, no. Did that make you feel uncomfortable? I low-key wanted to be like, I'm half Indian. Just like fuck with her. Yeah. Or be like, you're Indian? (laughs) Just something else just mad (laughs) annoying. Because I was just like, what the fuck? Why would that be weird? I know. And then I told that to my friends and they were like, what the fuck? Like, why would somebody say that to you? And I was like, okay, like, I'm not tripping. And they were like, nah, that person's bugging. And I was like, yeah, niggas don't know. I'm Shade Shah. But whatever. Oh, Lord. Identity. (laughs) um okay well thanks for listening y'all uh stay tuned for uh black girls doing shit Mm -hmm. and don't forget to follow us on instagram at blackgirlstexting.com email us any questions comments or concerns at hello at blackgirlstexting.com yeah educate us at hello at blackgirlstexting.com educate us yeah, we have we have things to we learn. We have things to learn. Yeah, but if you're gonna come and educate us, come with some information though. Our, yeah. Yo, our followers be coming with the heat though. Duh. We see. All right. I'm not saying that. send me like a fucking article from. Ooh, I was about to say. Oh something my god! Can I tell you guys something that I just <laughs> learned that I meant to read up about before we talked? But y'all, Memorial Day was created by and for Black people. Okay, I saw that. Is that real? Yes, girl. Did you do your research? I mean, I ha- it was in a conversation that I had with someone. The, the article was on The Root, which, by the way, The Root okay. be going in, like, dragging everybody, being just, they're just doing the Lord's work over there. Shout out to their editorial team. Like, <laughs> the Lord's they're work. telling you, like, the real shit, but in a real-ass way. But uh, uh, what I heard, and again, needs to be fact-checked, probably, but there was, like, a place <laughs> that apparently I think someone found, like, an unmarked grave of, like, dozens of black soldiers and decided that they needed to be given like a proper burial. So this one day they like did this whole parade and buried them in this ceremonial way. And that day was called Memorial Day. And Mm -hmm. then from then on, it was essentially co-opted and made this like bigger thing. Uh, Are you surprised? Right, exactly. Hey, well, at least we got the day off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my dad was in the military and he wears his little navy hat and goes around and gets free meals at all them little restaurants them Applebee's and um, White Castle that's where they give you free meals at which is something to think about there why are those oh the places maybe those are just like middle America God. restaurants but that's where you can get them ew who has their ringer on it's my Not computer cheap. guys and i literally cannot figure it out like i sat maybe i need to google it but i sat here in all the settings like i don't oh there it God. is again okay okay okay, okay. we Goodbye. have to go before our ears bleed from the dinging okay bye. bye love you for listening so we're back with a live black girl doing shit we have multimedia journalist and ceo talia smith who has a deep passion for investigative reporting on issues that affect overlooked groups around the globe. Through all of her work, she aims to change the future of journalism and current societal 
shaping for women of color. And we actually shouted her out on a few episodes back for um, her paper magazine spread, which featured like all of the women in hip hop right now, which she produced herself. Yes. Talia, you're amazing. Thank you, thank you. You guys are amazing. So impressive. <laughs> thank you guys. Yeah, you conceptualized and pitched the idea. You art directed it. You wrote all the artist interviews, all while being a full-time student at NYU. And you just graduated. Congratulations. Damn, girl. <laughs> She's doing it. Thank you, guys. Um, it, feels, it feels great to be surrounded by like so much just black girl boss energy right now. So yeah, thank you, guys. Can you tell us more about the inspiration behind that project and the process of putting it together? Um, yeah, so it actually, it was something that came to me like years before I had actually first, um, I guess years before it was published in paper. Um, what actually ended up happening was over the years I had been listening, I'm an avid SoundCloud listener, so I'm always on SoundCloud um, trying to find new artists. And the one thing I was noticing was that I was listening to a lot of more female rappers than I had listened to in like all my past years because I think before there was just sort of like I guess when I was growing up um, like Nicki Minaj was the prominent female rapper and then there was obviously like the OGs who I would listen to as well like Little Kim and Foxy Brown but it wasn't really I would say like a huge selection of like constant new female energy and female um, empowerment songs coming out um, until I would say like 2017 is when a lot of these rappers like you know, um, Asian Doll or Kamaya, um, Rico Nasty, and all of these new artists started to come out around the same time. And I started to just um, go down rabbit holes listening <laughs> on YouTube, watching their videos, and just getting um, really stuck because I, I think I saw myself in a lot of the girls and a lot of what they were saying and how they were so versatile. Um, so that's it came to me just because I was I was always listening to them and then I realized there was a gap in media where a lot of these girls I hadn't seen being written about in larger publications it would be like little blurbs here and there but it would never really it would always be focused and centered on who are they dating like what are they wearing mm -hmm. and I think that was like a constant you know a constant narrative that I saw with black women was there was always who are they around instead of focusing on like their talent and um, you know their art and their personal background like their upbringing so I um, I was like I want to fill this gap and also put on like put girls who I actually fuck with and I actually listen to um, on in this magazine and in this spread so that's how it came to be and I yeah I produced it creative directed it um, did the interviews and it took 10 10 months like to bring all these girls together so it, wow. was, it was a lot and I was also working and um, an overnight job at that time, like throughout my whole um, senior year, I was working 1.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. at CNN as an intern. What? Yes, <laughs> and five classes. So I, I pretty much what? was, yeah, it was insane that I wanted to be doing. <laughs> Sorry, you touched on this a little bit, but who are some of your favorite OG women in hip hop and who are you really excited about right now? Um, OG women in hip hop, so I love, it's it's hard for me to pick because I, I love them all equally, but I definitely love Left Eye um, for sure, just because I think she was very, very ahead of her time. And she um, she really was into like, not even on the musical level, but 
style and uh, on a personal level, she's into a lot of the things that we're starting to see surface now. I guess you can call it being woke, but um, she just touches on like, she she really was into a lot of like holistic healing and um, a lot of touching on a lot of social issues. So was, you know, Lauren Hill. Um, I like those sort of artists and I also love like Little Kim and Foxy as well. I, I love all of them, but definitely like I would say style-wise and everything, like Left Side is my favorite. And right now, um, with the new artist, definitely Megan the Stallion. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I love her. Like she is just to me just embodies like femme femme energy. But she's also also not afraid to like embrace this like masculine side or like she's super femme and like super domineering, which I just I just love. And she's not afraid to just like be holy herself. And she's always no matter what she says, like if you actually look at her lyrics, it's always something positive and it's always something about lifting other girls up. Like even her her um, her fan group is like she calls them hotties and it's like it's always something about like praising other women, which I'm all here for. Yes, like, I, I feel the that. same way. She does it for the ladies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Also, I know like we shouldn't only be talking about women's bodies, but I feel like in a realm where everyone has fake body parts. And she just walks around being sexy and hot, like with her own natural like self. It's so like relatable. I love her stomach. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just was talking about this with my friend. I was like, I just love her stomach. I don't know what it is. I love looking at it. I don't know. It's just the best stomach. It looks soft, but like flat. Uh, and I definitely praise it about her it's like she's always embracing her natural her natural curves and it's like I don't don't knock anyone who's done um, you know surgery or who's done enhancements but I do love that Megan just like embraces who she is and even she gets critics online too on Twitter like there's always trolls trying to drag her for things but she still stays true to herself and also Young Miami as well from City Girls she um, you know she's very stays true to herself on like the natural tip and everything um in terms of like body wise so yeah it's good to see like girls just embracing themselves yeah and also like it it is important in this like day and age where everyone's like looking on social media and then doing scary things to look like that like getting butt shots in a basement in queens (laughs) you know it could be a dire dire situation. situation no for sure like I think it's really, it really gets to a point where it can be dangerous because it's like, there's so many, there's no age, technically there's an age gap or an age limit on social media, but nobody adheres to that. Like, you don't know, it could be like a five, not even a five-year-old or like a 10-year-old little girl who's growing up thinking that this is the norm, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's always good to have those girls sprinkled throughout who show like, no, you can be successful just by being who you are, you know? Yeah, I'm also loving like how all these female rappers are like kind of embracing each other right now. I feel like when we were growing up, it was always like there could only be one. I think the other day Meg the Stallion and Trino were hanging out and I was like, oh, yes. I need that collaboration. Yes. That would be crazy. That would be fire. Like, I think Trina and Megan, that would just like... That would be a club, like, all summer 2019. That would just take over all the clubs. <laughs> oh, my God, need it. Yes, definitely. And I, I agree. Like, I think everyone definitely is coming together. Like, even girls who, I guess, um, 
girls who you wouldn't even think would collab and i mean like that in terms of genre wise like rico who's super punk collaborating with someone like doja cat who you know is like kind of she's alternative but not like punk she's more like um kind of poppy kind of yeah yeah um yeah i love tia tamara <laughs> um let's scale back a little bit you mentioned doing overnights at cnn and we were on your linkedin and you your professional like resume is crazy to be someone just graduating from college you've been at vice nylon cnn you did this feature for paper can you just tell us kind of like give us a little overview of your professional path and how you were balancing all of that yeah yeah um so <laughs> i i would say i wasn't real i wasn't really balancing it but i i was trying my best not to go crazy just working all these jobs um i guess i can start with freshman year which is how i got into it like i knew i knew before i came to nyu and before i got into college that journalism was what i wanted to do because i felt like you know the what i would always watch was the news and i would always feel like there was nobody who really was advocating for me or advocating for like my mom or people who looked like us or people you know in the same apartment complex as us or neighborhood as us. It was always told from this lens of white cisgender male or you know white female and I just always felt like that affected a lot of the political and like social structures of things in our neighborhood like how the media would portray us or how the media would report on things going on in our neighborhood. So from there, I just always knew like this is something that this is something I'm passionate about, and this is something that I want to dedicate like my <laughs> my life to. If that makes sense. I was like, at whatever cost, like this is what I want to do, even if I'm like getting no sleep at night, you know. So I went into college, and I come from a background like I come from a poor, lower class background. So I grew up seeing my mom. My mom worked like five, not five, but she worked like three jobs, and. I kind of got that from her where she would like she was a waitress and she would travel from Philly which is where I'm from into New York City every day on the Chinatown bus just to waitress because there were no jobs in Philly um, so she kind of instilled that hustle into me like if this is what you want to do go for it full time and don't turn down any opportunity so once I got into college I was like this was my I didn't know anyone in the journalism field no one but I was like this is my time to like start making these connections and go for it fully so i think the first place i started working at was just uh it was this place called the nocturnal and i still write for them actually um, they gave me my start and it's, it's a bit of a smaller publication but they have really really great content and that's how i kind of got my foot into writing for the larger publications like nylon and, and um nylon and vice and complex and all these places because i would um then take the stories that I wrote for the smaller publications and kind of pitch it to um, these bigger publications just so they could get an idea of like what I was writing about, how I wrote, like I would love to write for you guys and contribute. And then from there they were like, yeah, we, we love like the type of content and like culture writing that you're doing. So um, that's, I really just submitted like a lot of internship applications. I would submit like 50 a night, <laughs> which was insane. And yeah, out of those 50, like, one person got back to me and like that one person happened to be nylon um and from there like Big deal. One deal, yeah <laughs> once i had that on my resume i just kind of kept like going and just kept writing about like what i was passionate about 
um, and just pitching it to more publications. And I think it just kind of snowballed into writing for a bunch and like then working for NBC or not working, but interning for NBC and then like interning for CNN. And these internships turned into like, you know, permanent positions, like freelance, permanent freelancing positions that I still contribute to now. So I think a lot of it was just hustling, like coming from nothing and not or like not coming from a lot. Once I saw the opportunity, I was like, I need to just, you know, hustle and make sure that I'm able to to do really get my message that I want out there. Yeah, it sounds like for you, like the key was putting passion forward, casting a wide net and like maintaining relationships, would you say? I would definitely say that. I think casting a wide net is the biggest thing because out of all the places I wrote for, I had so many rejections from like even bigger places. And the amount of rejection I got, like, it could have been deterring or it could have been something where I was like, you know what, like this is never gonna happen for me. But like it took years for me to be able to get into these publications, but I just never stopped harassing them. <laughs> so, you know, casting a wide net and then once you definitely like my advice to people who want to be journalists or want to, um, you know, really have their message put out there in these publications, just don't stop. And once you're in these places, like build your connections and, um, yeah, and just be passionate. As long as you're passionate about what you're doing, I think it will always transcend into something bigger, you know? That's amazing. I'm looking at these, like, I'm re I've read the stories or the interviews, but these pictures are, like, also beautiful and, like, how they all kind of flow together with the pink vibe. Like, this is amazing. Wait, so what's next for you? Like, this is so epic to have all these female-bodied rappers, you know? What's yes. next? Um, so next, I'm actually, well, so I'm actually out in LA right now working on what's next because <laughs> I just, um, I just graduated last week or this week, actually. She just graduated and she already in LA on the next <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, hustle, hustle. I'm trying to, um, yeah, somebody who, this is a sidebar, but like, I guess somebody who also really inspired me with hustling and everything was Nipsey Hustle. Um, so that's why I came out to LA because I wanted to visit his his marathon store and um, everything he stood for with like owning your own business and creating the opportunities that aren't given to you. So that's really what's next for me is I want to start my own uh, publication and I'm just working on that right now. It's in the very early stages. I just trademarked it and everything. I'll write for you. Let's talk offline. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't really say too much because I'm still in like the process of like well I trademarked it and like did all the little stuff but like it hasn't officially been launched to the public yet so be on the lookout for that oh yes you have to tell us when it launches, when it launches. I will yes so I've just been kind of building the back end of everything right now putting in the work um to get it up the ground but like doing all my like my interviews and whatnot and yeah I'm excited for what's nice. But for me, ownership is the most important thing because I will say working at big publications, a lot of times editors will reject ideas. Um, and, you know, I think that what, if you're the owner of your own publication, they, there's no idea that you can turn down because I think every idea is a good idea, you know, and I think every story deserves to be told. So that's really what I'm working on. Oh, my God. I'm standing. I'm really standing. This is crazy. Um, thank you for all that you do. 
Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys. Where can our, our stories. Yeah, thank you so much. Where can our listeners like find your work or find you or follow you, keep up to date? Okay, so my Instagram name is kind of long. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know if you guys know Hayao Miyazaki. He's a Japanese, he's my favorite like Japanese anime director. So my Instagram name is Miyazaki, M-I-Y-A-Z-A-K-I, taught me, Miyazaki taught me. And my Twitter, yeah, <laughs> my Twitter um, I actually just made after the paper shoot it was going viral <laughs> so i was like let me get on twitter and see what it's talking about <laughs> um it's talia t-a-l-i-a underscore binks b-i-n-x binks is my nickname that a lot of people call me um talia underscore binks and yeah that's where you can find me on instagram and twitter amazing that's amazing thank you talia for your time um we really appreciate it I appreciate just you guys having me and, you know, given having a space to talk with like-minded, um, not only like-minded people, but just like, I like this platform, I think is one of the things that I definitely appreciate with, you know, black women owning their own platforms and getting their own messages out there. So anytime. Thank you so much. We can't wait to see what you do and where you go. Yes. Keep going, girl. We're rooting for you. Yes, thank you. All right. Bye. All right, bye. Take care. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now, you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm.